Here we go, another episode of Gaz on the Go. All the sports talk you need in 30 minutes or less. It is late June. Usually it's the time where sports start to slow down. Not happening this year. So excited to get to all these stories that have happened in the week and get to my takes on it. But before we get there, we got to get love to Mohawk Honda. Shout out to my guy, John, in service. You've been hearing the stories across the Godzilla Media podcast. The pilot had to go in and get some maintenance. I had no idea what I was doing. I just saw the word maintenance on my vehicle. Luckily, you have great people like John there in Mohawk Honda right there in Glenville that can help you and talk you through exactly what you need for your vehicle, whatever it might be, whatever year. They want to help you and such great people to work for. It's people that you can trust, people you build relationships with. You want to talk about and catch up on sports and life and kids and family and everything else. That's what can happen with whoever you work for, whether it's the sales department, the service department, and more. Mohawk Honda is there for you. And now we're talking about traded in vehicles. That's right. In Mohawk Honda, not only will they give you top dollar for your trade in, they have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. The largest inventory of vehicles in the capital region, upstate New York, and more, so they can find the right one for you. If you got to travel east, if you're listening out west in Utica or Syracuse, Geneva, wherever it might be, it's worth the trip to come out to Mohawk Honda to find out all the great things. We're talking value and selection and more. Don't feel pressured into buying something close to you or somewhere from a, a dealer you don't trust. Make the trip out to Mohawk Honda. Buy the vehicle that you deserve. The vast selection of pre-owned vehicles guaranteed to fit your needs and your lifestyle. Not the dealers, but at least that might be near you. Take the road trip to Glenville. Find out why I've loved working with the great people at Mohawk Honda all these years. and so happy Gossip Media gets to continue this partnership for the future. This summer, selection is king and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Goss on the Go. The NBA playoffs continues to take center stage. And how about the Capital Region's own we lead off with Kevin Herter? Or is Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Ernie Johnson, they've talked about him on the post game. He got that Game 7 interview. Or as Shaq likes to call him, Richie Cunningham. Maybe it's better if Austin Powers introduces Kevin Herter. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. Not sure if Kevin's dating somebody named Oprah, but Kevin Herter had not just an outstanding game for a Capital Region athlete, not just an outstanding game for a Game 7 young player in the league. We're talking about an all-time great Game 7 on the road in NBA history. Credit to the Terrapin Hoops, his alma mater, Maryland, who had this stat. The youngest players in the history of the NBA for a Game 7 road victory. Third on the list is Kyrie at 24 years old. Second on the list is Kobe at 23. The youngest, Kevin Herter. Youngest ever to do it in a Game 7 victory for his team. I still remember the conversations I used to have with my pal Chris Honorado over News Channel 13 here in the Capital Region. And Chris and our show were in between each other. We talked about Kevin Herter. And Kevin actually came as an interview guest back when he was a senior at high school at Chen. And I don't think I actually interviewed him. I believe it was Armin and Levac who had Kevin on the show. And I just bumped into Kevin in the hallway. We we're talking about Dominique Wilkins. And it might have been right around the time when the Hawks were getting ready for the Super Bowl. He was talking about the human highlight reel. Awesome guy. But both Dominique Wilkins and Kevin Herter, 
But why I bring up the Herder situation is that Chris and I used to talk about whether or not Kevin could make it to the NBA. Remember, Syracuse fans are going to get frustrated by this, but Syracuse said they didn't have enough scholarships and didn't think Kevin Herter was worthy of getting one of those few scholarships. Didn't work on the team. Yeah, that's right, Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter was a top 20 pick in the NBA draft because of how good he was at the Combine. And I know what you think when you see Kevin Herter. Tall, pale, white kid from upstate New York. Shooter, shooter, shooter. He can play defense. He can move without the basketball. He can pass. He's an athlete. He can do just more than stand out there and shoot threes. He is a complete player. He's carved himself out a nice NBA career. If this is the end right here, you could already say he's had a tremendous career. The comparisons to Jimmer for dead are going to come because of the Capital Region connections. And Jimmer, how amazing he was. Glenn Falls' own. But Kevin Herter's on another level. And I tweeted this out after the game. If you think it's good right now for Kevin Herter, with his team, by the way, the Atlanta Hawks now in the Eastern Conference Finals for just the second time in franchise history. Oh, by the way, we're taping this like close to midnight here on Wednesday night, and I'll get to his teammate Trey Young in a second. You think things are good right now for Kevin Herter? Wait until the summer of 2022 when he's a free agent and that dude's about to get paid. How many off-seasons in a row have we talked about NBA players who we hear about who don't deserve the money that they're getting? 80, 90, $100 million contracts from guys who might not be that good in the league. Now you're talking about an impact player at 24 years old for a team that's already reached the conference finals that he was the standout player in the most pivotal game, arguably in the history of the franchise? Kevin Herter is about to be very rich if he continues to stay healthy next season. So, great things to celebrate in the Capital Region. His future is incredibly bright, both financially and professionally on the court. His teammate, Trey Young, I mentioned that we're taping this late on Wednesday night. The Hawks win again. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks. One possession game, they do it. Trey Young's got 37 points heading to that fourth quarter. And I wanted to tell you more about how he performed in the fourth, but the reactions I was getting out of Trey Young were, oh my God, don't shoot that. Don't shoot that. He almost cost Atlanta the game in the fourth. And I know that's not going to be the narrative when you're recapping game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's going to be more about the highlights. Can he take a few feet closer to the three-point line? Does everything have to be that deep? I'm still having the reactions of that's not a high percentage shot. It's cool when it goes in. It's a highlight. It's all over Twitter. He's not the easiest player to root for. He's entertaining. I don't think he's Steph Curry yet. I'd take Steph Curry as the best comparison to Trey Young, but Steph Curry has been a better shooter. We're talking about maybe the greatest shooter in the history of the sport of basketball. My buddy Jesse texted me during the game. And he said, I can't stand Trey Young. And I think that's why. Because it's the same Trey Young who went like, what, three of 20-something plus in the game seven against, yeah, that team that they were able to get over the Philadelphia 76ers. He's not easy to watch. When they go win, it's entertaining. But he is sort of like James Harden, where he's just going to chuck it up there and chuck it and chuck it. And I know what some people are going to tweet me. I already can see the emails coming in. Oh, Gaz doesn't like James Harden. Gaz doesn't like Trey Young, but he loves Carmelo Anthony. Not the same type of discussion. Melo was in a different era of the NBA. He did not catch this launch and fire Golden State Warrior-style basketball or wannabe Warrior-style basketball because it happened 
later on when guys like Harden and Young and Steph Curry and others got it. Now, would Carmelo have been that type of player? It's hard for me to say. He wouldn't be, but it didn't happen. Hawks win. Kevin Herter has been great. And shout out to what has been a very exciting NBA playoffs. Every game has been great. In Phoenix, the dunk, the Valley Oop, DeAndre Aiden, the unbelievable pass by Jay Crowder. Phoenix is up in that series. Loving the action. Even though some of the stars are not out there like Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard and others, the NBA playoffs have been fantastic. And speaking about the NBA playoffs, oh, by the way, yeah, I mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks there. There I am at my mother-in-law's house late at night, sleeping on the couch, not because I got in trouble or anything, but because Rex and my wife were up in one of the bedrooms, sisters, you know, my family, uh, let's say my in-laws have a lot of people and not a lot of places to sleep. So I didn't mind. Look, I get the couch on a Saturday night and I'm watching Bucks Nets. I am thrilled. I want to clap so loud, but like I said, I don't want to wake anybody up right now. How the Brooklyn Nets are done. Oh, let's celebrate. I'm sorry to my pal, Eric Hanneman. I'm sorry to that guy who has red hair. Was it Evan Roberts who hosts on FAN? That's about all the net. Jason Lewis, maybe out in Michigan. There's the three Nets fans I know. Sorry that their team lost, but I'm so excited that they're done. Oh, if you've been listening to Gons on the Go and even some early episodes of getting there with Gons when we did the sports sign of it more, I wanted Brooklyn to get pounded. I didn't want to continue to watch Harden and Durant and Kyrie win. It's so much better that these guys who try to team up and try to pull the LeBron and everything else didn't actually have it work. And I can continue to root against them. Look, I know what the excuse is going to be that Kyrie got hurt. It would have been a different game than play. They go out and play. How often are we going to give Kyrie a break? How often are we going to look at Kyrie and say, well, we give him too much credit. I know he hit the most pivotal shot in the history of the Cavalier franchise in that game seven against the Warriors to win the championship. But I just have more excuses coming from Brooklyn. I'm so happy it worked for the league that one of these super teams did not win. And now we have teams who actually built up like Phoenix, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and even put the Clippers in the discussion because the Clippers have been so bad for their entire franchise history that now you can look and say, okay, that's the way they did it. They built up and didn't stack themselves. Thrilled Brooklyn got knocked out of the playoffs. I could not get enough of it. And I hope they continue to cry next season. Oh, it felt so good watching Milwaukee win. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the crew. Fear the deer, baby. Am I rooting for the Bucs to bring home the championship? I'm cool with it. Is this a lame answer? It's a true answer. I'm fine with whatever the NBA Finals is. If I get Phoenix versus Milwaukee, great. Phoenix versus Atlanta, look, I can go through all the combinations. There's not really a series I don't like. Here's what's going to annoy me about the whole thing, though. Can we stop with the takes of, oh, the NBA is going to hate the Finals because it's Phoenix versus so-and-so. Is it the market? Who cares? Who cares about the market size? Nothing moves on that conversation. It's not even like a fun conversation. Okay, New York's a big market. LA is a big market. Houston's actually a big market. Chicago, like you get the big cities. So if you're not a big city and you have a success as a team, the NBA hates it, the end. Like we can have that discussion 10 years ago, five years. There's nothing, there's no substance to that discussion. Wow, I think bigger cities will have more people watch the game. Cool. Enough with the ratings talk. Mark Cuban actually did a great thing on Twitter that shared the post that Yahoo had pointed out that 
on average of households with televisions. It's actually been the highest rated NBA season in 20 years. Let's not get caught up in what the numbers do on television. If you still think that's the only way people are watching the NBA, you're out of your mind. I'll tell you right now, I streamed every game so far. My numbers count. So stop with that nonsense. I am thrilled for whatever the NBA Finals is. I like the schedule too. I like that they're playing in July. We have the draft lottery and everything else. If they want to push back the season like they're doing right now and we start this thing in November and we go to July, I'm all for it. The NBA has been a lot of fun. The last few years there have been tons of blowouts, but I've enjoyed the NBA playoffs so much this summer. Big news in the NFL involving Las Vegas Raider Carl Nassib becoming the first active NFL player to announce that he's gay. Now, on the Nassib side of this, the connection from what my career has been is I've interviewed his brother a few times, Ryan Nassib, the former quarterback for the Syracuse football team when he was a member of the New York Giants. I still remember talking to Ryan Nassib post-Giants training camp, and what they would do is they'd give you the heads up, okay, uh, who are you going to request Request host practice? And I'd always request Ryan Nassib. And he'd come out, and I could tell, and he'll, he'll admit to Syracuse, you may remember this, like he's not much of a talker. And I always give him like, hey, my buddy's Mike Ancchione, one of your teammates, and this is going to be super easy. He goes, oh, thanks, man. So he was always very open. I'm sure I could tell more Ryan Nassib stories, but that's the connection I had to the Nassibs. That's his brother, Carl Nassib. And of course, some people may remember his time with the Buccaneers and more. I got to give credit to Mike Lindsley on this one, one of my former coworkers who did this, because I still remember this involving when Michael Sam announced that he was gay and he was a prospect out of Missouri who eventually was drafted by the Rams. And I remember producing Mike's show that day. And how Mike set up a show was kind of probably the closest of anybody I've ever worked for and how I set up a show. LeVac's in this mix, too, where it's the topic, an idea, too, or where you want to go, and that's it. There wasn't a huge breakdown of paragraphs of stats. And Once you give me the topic, I'll give you my opinion. I've already done the research. It just comes to me like that. And Mike was the same way, and LeVac was pretty similar to that, too. And I remember the day Michael Sam came out and said he was gay. It was not on Mike Lindsley's show at all. And it was one of the few times as a producer, I kind of had to step up and talk to Mike and be like, hey, man, like this Michael Sam thing is a big deal. Like he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. People are calling about it. I think we need to talk about it. And Mike had the attitude of, why are, Why is this still a thing? Like people are gay. It's just, okay. Like, okay. But why is this a big deal? And when I believe that was closer to the mid 2010, 14, 15, 16 era, it's probably 15, 16 that had happened. So that 14, 16 era of Michael Sam and the conversation through the Rams and the Cowboys and everything else, Mike was right. And look what we just did on this podcast. We talked about the NBA. We talked about Mohawk Honda. I've reorganized this a few times to figure out where exactly Carl Nassim's story should be. But I think it's where society stands now, where a player announcing that he's gay is not a huge deal because society's embraced it far more than it did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Don't we remember when Jason Collins was on the cover of Sports Illustrated? It was a huge deal. And then the Michael Sam situation, the controversy behind that, how people freaked out when he kissed his boyfriend on the NFL draft. It's not a big deal anymore. I think we're going to hit a point five or 10 years from now where people are going to be like, why are you telling us? Like, we're good, man. Like, you don't have to announce it anymore. And that's not underplaying the importance of what it can mean for the impact of maybe some gay people who are athletes, younger people who may not be ready to embrace it. 
that's not trying to underplay Carl Nassib's impact at all. It's just that we're changing society. And good for Carl Nassib for saying, you know what? Me being open about this may help a younger person feel more relieved that they don't have to keep that secret anymore. And that's the place we're going to at this point. So shout out to Carl Nassib for what he did. I think a really good explanation on this, and sometimes this will happen throughout the summer, maybe for the history of Godzilla Media. Really good perspective on the story. Sports with a Xena T. Bryce Linsky, and in particular, Taylor Lattimore. Go and listen to their episodes about 40 minutes into it. How well they talk about this story. Sometimes people are going to do this better than I will on Godzilla Media, and I have no problem promoting other people's podcasts when I do a great take on this. Go check out Brinks and Taylor, even if you want to pause it right now, if you're more interested in the Carl Nassim story. Go listen to how they address this story. So shout out to those guys on our side, doing a tremendous job offering perspective on this story and how different the NFL has changed and how different the world has changed involving stories like this over the past 5, 10 to 15 years. Can you guys be nice to Rob Manfred? Please lay off big, bad Bob Manfred. My goodness. I mean, everybody's lighting this guy up. I must be on an island now defending Rob Manfred. I got to be by myself because I've seen every tweet, every Facebook post. I already saw it from some of you hit me up via text message when I teased this episode saying, gosh, are you going to defend Manfred on this one? I feel like I'm that, what is it, Chris Crocker? Remember him who used to go wild about Britney Spears? I know Britney's in the news right now with all the stuff going on involving her parents and everything else, but remember that crazy Britney Spears fan who probably doesn't seem as crazy anymore? That's how I feel about defending Rob Manfred right now. All you people want is more, 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 more. Leave her alone. You're lucky she even performed for you bastards. Leave me alone. Hear me out about the Manfred thing. Let us just accept this. And I've said this a few times already on podcasts this summer. No matter what baseball does, people refuse to give them credit. Like no matter what Rob Manfred does, he takes heat from people. And I've said this, that Rob Manfred doesn't know what audience he's trying to please. Is he trying to please the Gen Zers? Is he trying to please the traditional baseball fans? Does he even want non-baseball fans to become baseball fans? There are so many people he's banned. Let's just give you recent examples of the heat that Rob Manfred faced, okay? So people started complaining that there weren't enough home runs in baseball. So what does Manfred decide to do? He decides to juice the baseballs. Then it was like, oh my God, Manfred juice the baseballs. How could he? People love to see the dingers. People want to see home runs. But now all of a sudden more home runs happen and people complain, oh, the baseball's juiced, baseball's juiced. Okay, I guess that one doesn't work. Fine. COVID-19, baseball is able to come back quicker than many other sports. They decide not to use the bumble. They just said it's not going to work. They used it for the postseason, but they decided to let teams travel. So then the Marlins and Cardinals get COVID, and I still remember it from that summer. People screamed, oh, my God, Manfred, you idiot. We're going to shut this whole thing down. Manfred, cancel the season. Baseball screwed. Because they had a couple of COVID-19 positive tests. They wanted baseball. To shut it down. And you blame Rob Manfred for the ways in which the Marlins and Cardinals may or may not have broken protocol. Some of those stories are still sketchy. That's why I went to may or may not. But it's Manfred's fault. Okay. I guess it's Manfred's fault. Fine. All right. How about one more? That people complained about the pace of play. Baseball's too slow. It's too boring. Manfred says, all right, I got an idea. How can we speed up the game? All right, let's put a runner on second base. Oh, my God, you're so dumb, Manfred. You want to speed up the game. He's like, what do you want me to do? Like, every time you guys complain, I actually put in a fix for this, but you guys still complain. 
So finally he thought, all right, this is an easy one. Everyone's complaining about spider attack. And I said on last week's podcast, didn't think it was that big of a deal because it's not in the rules. You want to put in a new rule that you can't use it? Fine. Okay. And what Rob Manfred decided to do is to check players if they have it. I compared it to like UFC fighters who they used to check if they have weapons walking to the octagon. What's wrong with checking them? Women's lacrosse. It's somehow become a part of the game where every time they score, they almost spike their 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 sticks to get them checked by the officials. That's almost a part of the game of the celebrations. So now this week it starts to go viral, like pitchers like Matt Scherzer and others are getting checked. And here goes social media. Oh my God! Can you believe Manfred ruining baseball, slowing down the game? Guys, if you're going to complain about the pitchers potentially using stuff, and now they check, now it's Manfred's fault. Like, I honestly don't know what Rob Manfred can do that people will actually say he did a good job for. It's just cool to crap on baseball. Like, that's it. Think about this. The NBA we just talked about and gave credit for. One of their star players, Chris Paul, is in the COVID protocol. Anybody blame Adam Silver for that? No. How about the NFL? The NFL had the NFL draft or continue to do things. I can't tell you the last time people started ripping Roger Goodell about what he did. People were just happy football was back. You want to rip the NCAA? That's a whole different thing. We're going to get to them in a second. But even if something is simple, and I'll beat this drum forever too. Baseball's MLB TV is the best service. That's the way to watch baseball games. Across the country, MLB TV. You know what people complain about? Games being blacked out locally. That's what this is all about. It's not about the pitchers making a scene and ripping off belts and yelling and Girardi getting tossed. That's not it. It's that we just have to accept that certain people, the cool thing, the popular thing to do is to always say baseball's got it wrong. That's it. I feel bad for Rob Manfred because every time there's a problem, he actually puts out a solution and it gets crapped on. And again, I feel like it's just the people who want to do it because it's easy and gets reactions out of people and they're not the diehard traditional baseball fans. But can we give Rob Manfred a break? He's trying. He's doing his best. Come on. Give the guy some credit. Rob, I'm with you on this. I actually thought the videos were funny. Good. Check the pictures. Keep doing it. My guy, Dave, he shout out to him over the Cross Street Pub. Always hanging out, playing some trivia. Don't forget, by the way, Thursday night, 630 to 8, Cross Street Pub right there on Western F. Always having fun. Some sports categories and more great prizes as well. He's going to love this. You know, I, I was a little harsh on the NHL playoffs. Saying I lost interest. Maybe I was a little bitter because the Avalanche lost and I wanted to see them. What Man, the conference finals. Boy, Montreal Canadiens, Vegas Golden Knights. we got a Game 7 coming up on the east side. Islanders and Lightning. I take it back, Davey. I'm sorry. I'm back in. Can I, am I allowed back in? I said I was out in the NHL playoffs. I said I wasn't interested. And now these series go deep. And the passionate fan bases. I saw the Lightning staff got their rings. I see the Islander fans love, love the Islanders, especially if you're a Long Island native. That is your team. Vegas is turning up the excitement again there out in the Sin City. And the Canadians are trying to be that first team since the mid-90s from Canada to win the Stanley Cup. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I hope I get Canadians and Islanders. Give me a Canadians-Islanders Stanley Cup. Those are the two teams I want in it because I want to see how crazy those fan bases are going to go. Give me those two teams. In the Stanley Cup, I was wrong. Sorry, these conferences are awesome. Guys continue to score, but we got some great playoffs going on. I take back my criticism of the NHL playoffs. Please forgive me because these series turned out great, and I'm glad some of you stayed in it. 
kicking myself that I shouldn't have checked out so soon. This is going to be a topic we're going to likely cover a lot throughout the summer. Some of you are interested in this. Some of you aren't. For me, this is a massive deal. This is on the level of legalized sports wagering. This is on the level of college. This is going to shake up sports as we know it for the future. And I think we continue to have an eye on this throughout the summer. That's name, image, likeness. July 1st, which is right around the corner, states will officially put this into law. We're talking six states in particular. I know Ohio is the one that's moving the fastest. They're not in the mix of that six. Texas, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, New Mexico. That will put the NCAA rules, push them a little bit because they're going to give the athletes the opportunity to be paid by other people with sponsorships, online endorsements, personal appearances, and more. So that's going to happen. The Supreme Court decision already came down and didn't necessarily do that entirely, but basically said, hey, you, and, and this is Brent Kavanaugh, by the way, who is behind this, who you may know from Saturday Night Live sketches with Matt Damon playing them. Kavanaugh basically said, hey, uh, the traditions of college sports are the big house in Michigan and Alabama and went through all these great traditions. He goes, also one of the traditions is amateur athletes not being paid because that's the tradition. That's not a good enough reason not to pay your athletes because it's a tradition that you made up years ago. They should have the eligibility and the overall ways in which they can profit off their own image and likeness. Love it. This is going to be some great stuff. And I stick by this and please send it to me. Tom Goss, T-O-M-G, it was easy on Twitter or email me. I know some of you people who are listening aren't on social media, G-O-Z at GodzillaMedia.com. Send me some of the hosts or anchors, or writers who were against this. The hypocrisy of media members being against NIL, name, image, likeness, is laughable. Again, at the start of this podcast, you heard from me about the partnership I have with Mohawk Honda. You heard about what I'm doing at Across the Street Pub, and you're going to hear more great people who are going to be a part of this whole thing throughout the summer and more into the future in the fall. So again, I or other media members are going to be against athletes profiting off their name, likeness, and image. When I do that for a profession, when I talk about the businesses that I promote, I'm going to come on here and say, Trevor Lawrence, he better not make money off of head and shoulders. How dare he? How dare he do a commercial and get paid and benefit financially? He's a quarterback who's an amateur athlete. He gets enough. Now, it's Gaz here for Mohawk Honda. <laughs> like the hypocrisy of that is ridiculous. So this name image like yourself, I'm all for it. I'm so glad it's going to change. And take this for whatever it means. According to a recent ESPN report, NCAA President Mark Emmert says he, quote, has rules in movement, interim rules on name image likeness. Yeah, okay. Two days ago before we taped this, there was nothing from the NCAA. Literally, they were going to sit on their hands and just figure it out as it came along that the states were going to have it happen. They didn't want anything to do with the Supreme Court decision. Jay Billis covered this and said, the NCAA continues to say that they can't make a decision on this. Who else could? Of course they can make a decision on this. They just didn't want to. They wanted to go to the Supreme Court and say, okay, now our hands are tied, everybody. We can't do anything. Let the guys sign autographs and get paid. Have a compliance coordinator watch him. Let the guy make a funny YouTube channel and get some money on the side. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, I get they're on scholarship, and a lot of people disagree with this. They're on scholarship to get free meals. They get this. Okay, they can get more. If they can go out and do it on their own, let them do that. I cannot wait to talk more about this throughout the summer, but right now we're stepping in the right way of what this could mean overall for sports in particular. It's going to be huge. 
third parties, though, the Nikes, the Under Armors, the Gatorades, one of the rules right now is that they can't work with athletes directly. Let's see if that changes because then it would be a bidding war. Right now, that's not allowed. And I actually think that's a good thing. If they somehow find some type of representation to get in those opportunities and they hire an agent, that's a different story. And I mean by different stories, that's okay. Like I know the word agent has this like dirty connotation with it. Somebody represents you and gets you a deal and it's in your benefit. Look, it's going to look at stuff like Reggie Bush and be like, okay, fine. Can you still run the football? Can you still help your team win? That's what matters the most in the end. He's not bothering anybody. You're not getting offered a million dollars to sign for Clemson or NC State. It just doesn't make sense. Oh, by the way, some of those endorsements when they don't play football, that's a tough way to do it too. Let them make money. Go put them in the video games too while you're at it. Please, I want NCAA football video games back. Am I allowed to retire from the best bet segment? Oh my God, it was heartbreaking. That would have been the best bet I've ever hit in the history of my life on a prediction show on this type of format or any other type of microphone in front of me prediction. If you missed it, don't worry. I tried bragging about it on social media. Louis Oosthuizen at 46 to one finishes in second place in the U S. So he has the lead going to the back nine. I watched more golf on Sunday. Shout out to my wife. My dad came up for father's day. Rex was behaving himself. I've never watched that much golf in one day. I think I went four plus hours. I watched every shot of Louis Eustazens that they gave me on NBC. Puts one into the freaking, oh my God, I didn't even start again. I almost hit it. Whatever. I don't get to catch the ticket. Maybe I've learned a lesson. I got to start bidding top fives and top tens, and I went through all that last week. Whatever. Eustazen doesn't win and hurt, but I felt like I got close enough. And we know the next couple of weeks, like once the NBA and NHL wraps up, I can keep giving you best bets in major league baseball but that's not as exciting i'm hoping a certain podcast launches that's going to help you through saratoga season and maybe i'll offer some, some saratoga picks and they're tough man i got my butt kicked to the race course but anyways some of you just coming to the podcast for this i'll go with the 945 first pitch on friday between the a's and the giants sean Manaya versus johnny cueto on the mound under six and a half runs these are always tough to figure out when you're taping on a wednesday night hoping for a friday line but Cueto's a beast. Sean Manai is on my fantasy team, so that matters to me. The A's continue to be one of these most underrated franchises every season. You struggle to figure out an A's player, and I know we've done this on a few other podcasts. The A's have cashed in for me. The Giants have been the surprise of baseball. Don't expect this to be a high-scoring game. Under 6.5 if you can get it. A's, Giants, Friday night when Sean Manaya, Johnny Cueto on the mound. That's it. That's this week's episode. Guys, don't forget, by the way, hang on. Oh, before you before you head on to another podcast, do not forget to head over to Getting There with Gaz. Some of you already do that already. Go listen to the interview I had with my pal, Jeff Levac. Part one and part two out now. A lot of interesting stuff on there. Hopefully you enjoy it. Leave a comment, a review. That stuff really helps. Please, if you're listening on the Apple side, just hit that little five star for me. Leave a nice comment saying, hey, guys, love the show or hi, guys, whatever you want to write. That stuff matters, so please leave a review underneath. It takes two seconds to do it. Please subscribe to Getting There with Gaz and give that a listen as well. Tell your friends we're doing all these great things. The summer's so exciting. All right, now I'll go let you do your thing. Hope you enjoyed it. Getting There with Gaz. Gaz on the go. Godzilla Media. All that stuff. Catch you next week.